0: If you're in the Bay and can make it to Berkeley on April 18th, join us at our robotics and AI conference. We'll have live demos, interviews with leading robotics and AI technologists, and technical workshops that are pretty cool, along with some networking. Get 15% off your ticket using promo code equity at techwrench.com slash robotics AI. If you're looking to sell your private company stock, SharesPost has a solution for you. With more than $4 billion in company-approved transactions, SharesPost is the leading marketplace for private company shares. To learn more, visit us at sharespost.com slash equity. Hello, and welcome to an equity shot. I am Alex Wilhelm, and I'm joined today by the inimitable Danny Crichton. Danny, you're over in New York, aren't you? I am indeed. Good. I am back on the uh, the left coast, the west coast, uh, San Francisco. And I am currently, you'll love this, sitting on the floor of the Crunchbase library, uh, bringing you this uh, hottest of takes on the Slack IPO, uh, which honestly, D, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. I didn't know that it was going to drop uh, today. Um, what was your first reaction to it, the, the confidential S1 filing?
1: Well, I think we've been waiting for a lot of the big Silicon Valley startups we've been hearing about for years, Airbnb, Lyft, Uber. And we've also been waiting for the SEC to reopen. So now that the SEC is here and is actually accepting paperwork uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks, uh, it's interesting to see that Slack was the first to go from the bunch.
0: Yeah, but I do love how they filed confidentially, but then put a blog post out announcing their confidential filing and a press release across BusinessWire. Like it's a weird world that we live in that now you can file early, but it's not really confidential. You know, it it, it almost feels like a misnomer.
1: It's like a stealth status in Silicon Valley, right? Like, well, you go off stage, the tech is disrupt, and you know we're a stealth company, but we're going to tell you all about it here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Stealth, by the way, is dumb. Uh, And I stole that the use of the word misnomer from Jason Limkin on Twitter, so I should give him a proper uh, shout out. Um, But this is fascinating because this proves that we will have a Slack IPO this year. The question uh, up top is, will it be a traditional offering or will it be a direct listing? And Danny and I were getting ready for the show and we were looking through Slack's fundraising history. And it's almost a shocking amount of money
1: when you add it all up. Absolutely. They've raised hundreds of millions of dollars uh, across, I guess, series H plus one. So, what, nine rounds of capital? Uh, a lot of happy people, I think, are going to be um, buying some homes in Silicon Valley and up in Canada, uh, where Slack was originally started. But uh, among the winners uh, for this IPO is going to be Excel, Andreessen, uh, Social Cap, GV, Kleiner, Thrive, SoftBank, Vision Fund. I mean, they're all there. Um, and it sounds like the numbers are actually pretty good
0: yeah and if you look back in time, so if you haven 't gone through slack 's uh, fundraising history lately, one just do it it 's fun to look at it 's worth your time but also like if you go back to its seed round in January of two thousand and nine Excel led a i think it was a one point five million dollar round that 's going to be a profitable investment that 's going to pay off pretty handsomely and then critically, excel put more money in in the series A in April of two thousand and ten and then put more money in in the series B in april two thousand eleven so Excel got what is now, I presume, diluted slightly stake, but a huge amount of money, even before uh, amount of capital, sorry, equity, I can speak English, before Andreessen even got it. So like, there's going to be some huge winners out of this IPO, provided, of course, Danny, that it comes out at a uh, valuation that we expect. But sentiment is pretty good around the company, I think.
1: No, absolutely. And what's even more interesting about Slack, I mean, you know, going back nine years ago, uh, it started as a games company. Right. So when Excel backed it, it was a, a bunch of sort of the Flickr uh, mafia, I guess you could call it. So a lot of the folks out of Flickr um, kind of put together a games company. And as part of that, uh, they realized they had bad communication tools. And so after a while, TinySpec, uh, which is what the company started at, uh, eventually became a communications enterprise tool, uh, which is why some of that gamification, I think, is still at the heart of the DNA of the company.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's maybe why Slack was fun when it came out. I mean, if you recall back before Slack was something that every company in Silicon Valley uses every day, it was popular and famous because it had GIFs built into it. And it's funny how that little – uh, product feature made it a bit more of a sparkle to use. And, you know, now that's kind of a common idea. Microsoft Teams has GIFs built in. It's kind of par for the course. I think Teams even has a meme creator, if I recall correctly. Um, but back then it was relatively revolutionary to have uh, fun built into an enterprise tool. Um, and uh, the numbers speak for itself. It's done very well. Um, critically, it's held on to a lot of that money. So all the stuff we just talked about boils down to Slack having this, you know, 900 million, according to CNBC in cash as of October, of 2018, which is just four months ago. So presumably they have most of that, right? I mean, they can't have gone through too much of it. So they're going to this IPO well-capitalized. And that's where the direct listing question comes up because direct listings don't involve fundraising. So- You know, maybe they can get away with it, Danny. I mean, I guess I'm kind of torn on yes or no on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, we saw this with Spotify, right? So Spotify is sort of the first company in recent memory to go the direct listing route where you skip the underwriting fees, you skip the capital fundraise, you don't do a roadshow, or if you do a roadshow, it's a very kind of uh, tight-lipped and kind of closed roadshow, and you just sort of debut. Uh, in Spotify's case, they went out on the NYSE uh, just a couple of weeks ago. It, it seems to have done well. And so I think Slack, a couple of other companies this year are really looking at that and saying, look, we're already in the private markets. We're already well capitalized. Um, we have a bunch of investors who might even buy up, right? So some of these later stage investors, even say the SoftBank Vision Fund, could potentially buy shares of that. Uh, and so there's already a robust private market. So why not just? put that onto a public exchange and call it good.
0: I think it makes tons of sense. For people who are curious, why don't more companies do this? They don't have enough money in the bank and their IPO is a critical fundraise. And also you have to be super well-known. Um, Spotify pulled it off because everyone uses Spotify or Apple Music, one of the two, but like it had a huge consumer mind share. And so you can drive demand. Slack probably has that, but you know, Danny, I don't think nearly any other enterprise company ever does, you know, like Okta maybe because we all use it, but like, I don't know, like app dynamics probably didn't have a lot of like
1: <laughs> exactly it, it, it had a great no, app. No, Slack is unique. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well and it's been interesting to see Slack, you know, go through the rebranding in the last couple of weeks. Oh yes. Um, also launching that. I mean, I, I'm a subscriber to the paper New Yorker, and to see Slack ads in the New Yorker. I mean, you're starting to see that they're really trying to build up that public perception. I mean, uh, I'm not saying New Yorker readers are not enterprise software users, but uh, it was a little surprising to see a tech company being advertised. You know,
0: I I double back onto how big Slack is, because as we talk about this IPO, one of the critical questions is uh, how much will it be worth, um, even if it doesn't raise? So the question is, you know, on a per share basis, where will Slack land? And so Danny and I pulled some numbers for you, and um, we're going to Try to walk you through them in a way that makes sense. So uh, let's talk about usage to start, Danny. And here are three numbers for you. In September of 2017, uh, Slack had 6 million daily active users or DAUs. Now in May of 2018, 8 million DAUs. And as of January of this year, it had 10 million DAUs. So that to me is pretty solid growth. It's a bit linear. It's not accelerating. Uh, But what are your impressions on the usage numbers?
1: I mean, I I think you're calling it right. It it is linear. I I think the hard part that we should see in an S1 is, you know, is it migrating from small teams to large teams, right? Uh, Just because it's linear doesn't mean that those revenues are linear. Um, you know, enterprise players play more, they pay for additional features, they pay for additional security than, say, a five person, you know, group at a college or whatever the case may be. And so I think early on Slack really built out it in the startup community and a lot of these small design shops and consultancies. But now they're really targeting the same group that Microsoft Teams is, is targeting, right, which is, you know, 20,000, 50,000 person companies. And so even though those numbers may seem linear, uh, the revenues will be really interesting to see the actual S1 numbers come out from that.
0: Yes. And that's why I'm so excited about this S1. Not only have I been a Slack user now for more years than I want to admit, but like we've been covering this heroic growth over at Slack that Stewart has been leading. I mean, Slack has been called the fastest growing SaaS company of all time. It's certainly among them. I don't actually know if it's the fastest, but it's you know got to be top five at a minimum. Um, and to put that in perspective, in September of 16, 2016, uh, it had a million paid seats. And 100 million ARR. And this is back, if I recall correctly, when Slack was a little bit more open with what it shared. And then September, yeah, they're of two,
1: Ubering their numbers.
0: <laughs> they they were. You know, companies will always share when the numbers are good, or at least they're more likely <laughs> exactly. to. Uh, September of 2017, two million paid seats, uh, 200 million ARR. And then the next year, uh, May of 18, they said three million paid seats, but didn't give us an ARR number. But if it's one million paid seats to 100 million. 2 million paid seeds to 200 million, 3 million paid seats, probably 300 million ARR. Um, but critically, they, they've changed a bit what they report to us in terms of usage on the paid site because we know there were like 50,000 paid teams on Slack back in September of 17, 70,000 paid teams back in May of 18. And now they told us in January, 85,000 paid orgs. And an org can have more than one paid team. So what they've done is they kind of pulled the rug out from underneath us us being the people who watch Slack and try to guess its numbers. Um, but I did some math magic for you. And if you had 1.25 paid teams per paying org at a constant ARR per team price, Slack's ARR at 85,000 paid orgs would be about $440 million. Now that number is not to be trusted, but it gives you an idea of the scale uh, that Slack has reached. And that's probably why, you know, here early 19, they're going to go out. So I, I I'm just kind of jazzed. It's going to be fun.
1: Absolutely. And I I, like I said, I think the question is, is how much does that mix change from smaller to larger teams? Right. That's going to change the S and M, the sales and marketing costs. We're going to see this um, straight in the S one. You know, if you look at a lot of the other SaaS companies, that's, that's always Wall Street's big concern is how much do you have to spend to grow? And I think that Slack, both because of its brand and also because it is the cool thing. Right. Like, like Verizon, my my parent company, Verizon Media, we're on Slack (laughs) and that's tens of thousands of people. Right. And, and, you know, we're on Slack because we want to be cool. Uh, you know, TechCrunch has been on Slack for years. So, you know, to get you a sense of this, LinkedIn uh, is reporting that the, the company is around 1600 employees, up from 800 in February of 2017. And so, you know, wow. they're, they've doubled sort of the employee base in just two years, um, which actually is, it, it, to me, feels a little bit slower than you might expect. So maybe that's going to look really great on the efficiency numbers.
0: I think Slack will be very efficient. You don't end up with nine hundred million in cash that late into your like um, expansion growth period, especially as you move into the enterprise. If you're not growing pretty efficiently, um, but people bring Slack with them. Like when I joined uh, where I work now, Crunchbase, and started out the Crunchbase news team. Like Crunchbase had a Slack, but we put together our own Crunchbase news Slack just automatically because we wanted to have our own you know little space. I brought in a whole another instance. To this company, um, and I think that's a great way to grow, and just shows how well Slack has done. Um, last thing before we let everyone go, though, is that their Series H, according to the data that I can find, was a 427 million dollar round at a 6.7 billion dollar pre-money valuation, putting Slack's value at between 7.1 and 7.2 billion. If I'm adding correctly while recording, um, that's a large number to reach if you're not growing quickly if your ARR is sub 500 million and there's a lot of factors that go into evaluation, margins, sales efficiency, you know, overall cost structure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I I'm curious, Danny, are you, are you generally speaking, do you think Slack's going to be able to exceed its prior private valuation or will it kind of match it or will it come a little bit below? And I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I really just want to.
1: Yeah, I mean the key key variables here, right? Is the ARR and the multiple. Uh, I think in, in SaaS we see multiples everywhere from six to ten, depending on the exact company. Um, and I, I think Slack, you know, just to meet its multiple would be fifteen x, right? To meet its its last valuation, I don't think if, that's crazy, right?
0: Yeah, if our estimates are are close to correct, I mean the math I did earlier, it, it, I, I want to point out again is speculative.
1: And, and look, ten million DAUs, right? How many how many enterprise customers? How many people work at an enterprise in America? You know, alone, let alone internationally, right? Like Slack has barely touched the market. And I, I think what they're going to sh- talk about is one, you know, there's a chance to still 8X the sort of user count here from 10 to 80 million or whatever the cu- number you want to pull out of your asses. Or, um, you know, and and that growth is going to continue with larger, higher paying enterprise customers with great efficiency. So I could see a fifteen twenty x out of the gate. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy.
0: Yeah, me too. But I think um, how Slack prices will determine a kind of a high watermark if the margins are just going to be expect for SaaS companies, because I don't think you know generic SaaS company number four is going to be able to command as rich a valuation on a multiple basis as Slack will, given its brand growth. Cash on hand, et cetera. So, I, I think we may see kind of like the new high mark here set, and that'll help us kind of measure down for all other companies. And that's a useful metric or at least a rubric uh, for us external observers to use.
1: You know, a couple of episodes ago, we, we had a, an investor from Norwest on, and, uh, you know, he used this term nation state ca- company. And I, I think Slack is a, a great example of this. I mean, it, it just has everything going for it. And um, it, it, it's just truly kind of one of one companies. So, I'm super excited to actually see the S1. Now that we know it's confidentially filed, we need to actually see it. Uh, But I think uh, we're going to see a lot of uh, happy investors, a lot of happy employees, and uh, it's good to see success.
0: Yeah, it is. And uh, on that note, we will leave you. This has been an equity shot, a short form take on a single breaking news topic. Uh, We'll be back uh, regular time on Friday morning. So we'll see you then. Danny, thank you much for coming back. And uh, we'll talk to everyone soon. Yeah. Bye, Alex. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And a big thank you to our producer, Christopher Gates, our executive producer, Henry Picavet, And we'll see you all right here next week.